Um, great, so we're coming into the second session here where, uh, as Jonathan said before, we wanted to be a little bit more kind of practical. Uh, I know we, we looked at the biblical stuff a little bit in the first session. We could pick up a little bit more of that stuff if you wanted to, but uh, right now we want to really think about how, how we as the body of Christ are moving that sort of direction. And it's to look to Jesus as a, as a very example. These aren't just abstract ideas that set up there. Uh, oh, interesting thoughts about diversity, but this is where God steps in. Um, Jesus comes in to, to deal exactly with those, um, with that thing, you know, with these issues. And thinking about Genesis 11, you know, when God steps down in his, in his judgment and his mercy, he, he spreads people out and says, look, go out. I want you to stop disobeying me. And, and in Jesus, in his grace and mercy, comes um, to, to embody that and show us what that looks like and to actually die for us, to, to enable us to go and do that. Um, so we thought we'd take that kind of incarnation of Jesus, the, the body idea, and use that picture to just help us through this. So we're going to talk about different body parts to try and help us think about what we could do, you know, think about heart, heads, hands, eyes, ears, I mean, there are lots of body parts, so you'll figure out how many we get to in a moment. Um, you wait till we get to appendix. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, Johnson, you, you want to kick off with that? Yep. The big thing about... Yeah. Okay, so let's start with, let's start with heart, all right? Let, so we, we, we're trying to say this is a body thing, this is a whole body thing. So let's, let's think about the heart of Jesus. What was his heart like? Um... I mean, not just his pumping physical heart, um, which was real and kept him alive, um, but what was his heart? What was his inner powerful passion? What, what drove him? See, all of us are driven by something, right? All of you have a driving reality in your life. Your heart longs for something, and your decisions and the things that you do are driven by what your heart longs for. And so just, uh, we're going to spend a lot more time in groups discussing the other body parts more practically, but just with the heart, you, you've got to see it starts with the heart. So actually when Jesus left heaven and came to earth, I mean, that is the greatest act of compassion and love towards people going towards those who were different. It doesn't get more different than God and sinful humanity, and yet God came towards us. He moved towards us. And then you see Jesus, and you just get little glimpses into his heart. So after he's had a busy time uh, in Mark 6, it says so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Can you imagine that? I mean, some of us are busy, right? Some of us have busy lives. They're so busy that they don't even have a chance to eat. That's how busy they are. And Jesus says, come, by, come with me by yourselves to get a quiet place and get some rest. So at last he's going to get some rest with his disciples. And then we're told they went away by themselves to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus saw such a large crowd, he, what? I mean, that right there, your reaction to that large crowd will reveal what your heart is. When Jesus saw the large crowd, he, his heart sank. <laughs> His heart got angry or bitter. No, his heart, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so these body parts we're going to look at, the whole point of doing this is that this will help you to pray and then to act. So here's what we need to start with. Unless our hearts are changed, nothing's going to change. 
unless our hearts begin to share something of the compassion of Jesus, that when he looks at people, sees them as God sees them. He, he sees them and is moved by them. He, he's moved. He has a soft heart. We need to pray that the Spirit would stir up within us as a globe church. Soft hearts. It's very easy, I think, for our hearts to become hard. It's easy for our hearts to become defensive. It's easy for our hearts to become self-justifying. Easy for our hearts to want the easy life. But Jesus had a heart that was soft. So there we go. I mean, that's just to get started. We're going to get much more practical. But why not even be praying, even, even as we go through this session, even as we talk about different things, be praying, Lord, make my heart soft. Confess where it isn't. Lord, I don't care about this stuff as much as I do. I do. I'm sorry. Give me a heart like Jesus. So I guarantee you this, if we all had hearts exactly like Jesus, can you imagine what our church would be like? Can you imagine what an impact we'd make in our city if we had hearts that just were moved by the needs of others? So, heart. But let's move on to... Yeah, we'll move on to eyes. Uh, eyes. So... Here's another example of Jesus. Um, in Luke chapter 7, he's walking into this town and he sees this crowd coming out and a woman uh, weeping next to this, to this coffin. And this is what it says in verse 13. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. She's just lost her only son. That is the heart of Jesus in action, where he sees, he looks and he sees. And that's exactly what, it, what we wanted to focus on now, is... Here's three questions that I want us to ask in how we're using our eyes surrounding this other topic. First thing is, do we see people? Do we see the people? Are you noticing the people who are in the minority in our church settings? Do you look up and you notice them? See, it's quite, I, I don't know, maybe this is me being vain, but I, looking at yourself in the mirror, you, you might like doing that. But we, we tend to want to do that to, with other people. We like to see ourselves reflected in others, which is why we tend towards those people. It's all good. Clearly, this didn't like they, they disagree. Um, but, but that's the thing, is to take that step to say, okay, who, who is different to me? And I, I know we're looking at this in terms of ethnicity, but it, it cuts in all sorts of directions. How do we see those people? Do we notice those people? Um, it just made me think of Boaz and Ruth. If you know that story, when Boaz, he notices this random Moabite woman who's like straggling along behind his group of workers. He's like, who is that woman over there? He sees her and he goes and moves towards her. And I mean, the rest is history. She becomes in the line of, of Jesus. And it's to do that, to take that step. Do we see those people? The second thing is then, do we see the issues surrounding them? That is the second thing to look at. So we see the people, then do we see the issues surrounding them? So, um, everyone would have heard of George Floyd last year or two years ago. I've lost track because of, of COVID, but I just wonder, let me just try this. Did you hear of other names surrounding that as well? Breonna Taylor, Ormond Aubrey, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Garner. How familiar are you with those names? Because to our black brothers and sisters, man, that is right at the heart of the issues that they're, they're seeing and facing. And it's just to take and notice. I'm not saying you have to delve into all of that, but just to notice, do you see the issues that are surrounding them? How about for someone like me? Uh, you might have heard this, actually. Miss Xie. 
76-year-old granny was attacked in San Fan as she was crossing the street. And she was incredible. So this guy just punched her, said some racial remarks about COVID. So she got her stick and just smacked him back. And then he was on the floor. So the photo, she's got a massive black eye. She's just standing over him like, how dare you hit me? So don't mess with, seriously, don't mess with Asian friends. Like, um, and then please come in and take him away. But, but in those moments, I, when I read that story, I was filled with rage. It's like, why would someone do that? And then you see that in London, some poor guy walking down Oxford Street, 24-year-old, just gets beaten up, go back to his country because you've brought the virus over. And this has started to happen a lot because of COVID. But how familiar are you with those stories? Do you see those issues surrounding the people that you see in our church? That's a question that we need to be asking. How do we see? How are we using our eyes? Here's the third thing, is how do we, how do we use our eyes to be more aware of this sort of stuff? So it's thinking about you know, what, what are you doing with the news? What sort of news feeds are you reading? A, a lot of you, I think, are in Gen Z. Um, I'm a millennial. Oh, look at that. Good catch. Well, you know. Well, that's Gen Z reflexes right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Millennial, millennial. Oh. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, it's like, so Gen Z, they don't really use traditional newspapers. They, they follow things on social media. Like, so who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you reading? Um, on the reading stuff, that's, that is quite middle class. So here's another way to cut it. But just because a lot of us do like to read, what sort of books do you read? Who, what sort of authors do you read? That's a, that's a big question to be asking. You know, do you go beyond the Pipers, the Kellers, the Carsons, the C.S. Lewis, the, the John Stotts? I mean, they're great. I, seriously, I, I read a lot of those guys because they're terrific. But do you read, are you familiar with people like Eric Mason, Issa McCauley, um, Tabiti, Anyobile, Akala, who's not a Christian, but he's got some sharp insights into British black culture. Uh, how about um, Rasung Chan, Matthew Kim, Raymond Chang. These are Asian brothers like, that we can listen to, and sisters as well. Loads of them out there. Rene Padilla, Latin American. How fam- are you familiar with these people? I'm not saying you need to go out there and start reading all of them. It's just starting to to delve into that. Am I seeing that? Am I exploring that? It's just a question to be asking for us. Um, Just to move on quickly. We thought maybe you could chat that in in threes and fours, perhaps. Just maybe share ideas or reflections on that. Can I be doing this better? How can I be doing this better? There might be someone in your group who's like, actually, yeah, I'm quite into this stuff. And this is how I go about doing it. Just wondered if you had a couple of minutes, just in threes and fours, just to chat about that. How can I see those on the outskirts, on the margins better? Um, how can I grow in that sort of area? I just, had, just spend a few minutes just chatting about that, and then we'll, we'll reconvene again. So. Pigeonhole as well. Uh, if you want to drop stuff in there, please keep using that. So.
Okay, guys, can I um, draw you back together? I know that there'll be lots of things. And what we're trying to do is start conversations, right? Um, in about half an hour, a whole load of food is going to turn up, um, and we're going to continue these conversations over a, what I think might be quite a big meal. So um, <laughs> that's, that's, so these are starting conversations. And I think it's also worth saying um, that we recognize that lots of what we're talking about is not just applicable in terms of ethnicity. So for example, someone um, on Pigeonhole um, raised the issue of homosexuality. And doesn't this, you know, can't we be, you know, how does this speak into um, other places where people feel excluded in our society? And that's absolutely right. You know, wh what we're talking about has application in all sorts of ways, because all sorts of people feel excluded for all sorts of reasons um, in churches, let's be specific, in Globe Church. There are people who feel like they don't belong for all sorts of reasons. Um, and so although we are focusing primarily on ethnicity today, because that has been something that we've been talking about and it's something that's very precious to us and we really want to work that through, you can translate some of these issues into other places. Now, the, person, the, the issue of homosexuality that was raised, we haven't got time to deal with all of that today. That's a subject that needs to be discussed another time. And actually, um, Ryan and Joe have been doing a bit of work on that, thinking about that, and we're really hoping to provide some stuff and some space to discuss that um, subject as well. Because God's purpose for sexuality is so good. It's so good. Um, and we want to be a church where we are inclusive and welcoming to people from all different um, experiences and situations. And we want to understand what God's purpose is for sex and marriage. And we want to hold to what God says is true about sex, that sex is for marriage between one man and one woman, we want to hold to what God says in his words and then work out, but what does that look like to then be inclusive as we think that through together and we welcome people who have different um, experiences and different ways that they are um, finding that. So that's, I'm sorry I can't give you a fuller answer now, but thank you for raising it, whoever raised it. Um, I'd if you want to talk more about it, then let's, I'd, I'd love to. Please do come talk to me. Um, I do not want to be a church that has a negative stance towards homosexuality. Um, I want to be a church that holds what God says is true and loves and welcomes and celebrates people from all different backgrounds and experiences. So that's a subject that we'll be coming to. We're trying to think through some resources um, on that. Sorry. Right, there's so much. This is such a big subject. Um, let's, let's move on to talk about ears. We've talked about eyes. Uh, we want to see. We want to see. Let's be praying for our hearts to be soft, our eyes to be seeing. Let's talk about um, our ears. One of the things I love about Jesus, and he's so unlike me, this might surprise you. Jesus is very not like me in many ways. When Jesus goes through his ministry and he meets people, um, he stops and he asks them things, right? He sees a blind man by the side of the road, blind man's begging, and Jesus stops and he says, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, he's blind, Jesus. It's obvious what this man needs. 
And yet Jesus does not have the presumption and the arrogance. He does not belittle this man to simply walk by and go, you're blind, bosh, you can be healed, you can be healed, you can be healed. He stops. He says, I want to listen to you. I want to hear your story. I want to know how I can serve you. I want, I want you to speak to me. Isn't that beautiful about Jesus? I think I go through life, and when a problem comes up, I go, I know what to do. I can sort this. And I think on this area of diversity, we need to sometimes shut up and listen. Listen to people's stories. Listen to what people are saying. This is where I think I got it wrong with, in the wake of the George Floyd murder. Um, I think I was too slow to listen. And when I did stop and listen, I spent an evening with three members of Globe Church. And it was, I didn't say hardly anything. And it just blew me away. I, I didn't realize. As they told me their experience, as they told me what it felt like. And I'm so, so grateful they were willing to be honest, because to be honest, they didn't have to be. It shouldn't be that the burden is on the minority cultures who have to kind of explain and sit us down and talk everything through. But we've got to be willing to listen. So I plead with us as a church family that we listen to each other and that we'd, we'd enjoy each other's stories, that we'd find out about each other. We'd find out what causes each other pain. So I want to encourage us to, to use our ears to be those um, who listen. I think listening's quite hard because listening involves me being quiet and just letting people speak. But I, for the sake of time, we're going we're gonna to keep moving on. So we're going to be praying for our hearts to be soft, our eyes to be open, our ears to be listening. Um, why don't we move on and talk about mouths yeah. and then stop for another discussion? Yeah, sure. Um, so Jesus is word of God uh, but I, I love how he uses words so um, in Luke 15 if you remember Luke 15 verse 1 now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus there's a very mixed group sitting there and then Jesus tells this parable about the lost sheep and that, that parable actually doesn't just speak to okay it's for, the, it's for the sinners but it's also speaking to the tax collectors saying hey you got it wrong and I just love how Jesus uses words in that way with wisdom, and, and that, is, that is the way we're supposed to use our words, seasoned with grace that really is, is merciful and cutting at the same time. And so the key question is, how, how do we use our words? So John, you were talking about listening, and there are times when we need to sit and listen, but then how, how are we using our words? If we look at our culture today, I think, um, particularly around these topics of diversity, words can be really toxic. We're seeing a lot of kind of um, James, James 2 stuff where it says a word, basically the tongue can burn a complete forest out. Uh, that's the sort of stuff we're seeing at the moment. But as Christians within the church, within our church family, how, we're not supposed to use our words in that sort of way. So how are we using those words? Um, and this is why the, the body parts thing is, is helpful to categorize it. 
But it's also really important that remember this, our, our bodies are not separate parts, we're a whole body. And the heart drives a lot of this. Do we, do we speak the truth in love? Are we using these words out of love? So it's for, for those perhaps in the majority in whatever setting that is, it's to just think carefully about, well, is this, is this a, a funny joke to say? Is this the right thing to say? Is, it, is this a good question to be asking at the right time? It's just to be really wise with the way we use our words and just be careful in it. I just say to, this isn't, I, I'm not sitting here just going, hey, you and the majority need to sort it out. The, the minority as well, those who see themselves in the minority. Um, first, I was, do you know the rapper Shailin? You might have heard him. Some people have different views of him. He's written a book called The New Reformation, where he's trying to find the middle way. And in it, there's this one line, he just says to, to him and others, let us assume the best in our brothers and sisters. He's saying, look, don't import the mistrust and skepticism in the world into the church, but let's look favorably on them and use words wisely for them. And so for my minority brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm saying, do you, do you see them wanting to come draw closer to you? And they need help at times to understand what we're going through, the experiences that we have. And so we carefully choose our words, not to attack them and make them feel rubbish and say, you're not getting this right, you're not getting this right. It's like, do you see, do you see what we're going through? Like John T was doing with the, that group, as, as he listened, he just heard as they were able to say that. And church should be that sort of area where we can do that freely, to use our words really well in that sort of way. Um, a couple of ways to think about this. Are we quick to repent and see forgiveness? And this goes against both groups, of majority and minority. Things that we've said and done that aren't right, in the way we've responded, or the way we've asked things, said things. I find whenever someone says, I'm really sorry, I messed up with that, I find that my heart goes towards them. I get drawn towards them thinking, this person is really loving me, even though they made a mistake. It's a huge step. The second thing is, to, are we asking questions out of love? Not seeing people as projects, but as people. We're drawing closer to them, asking genuine questions. And this is something that came up in the diversity discussions. People were like, can I ask these questions? Is it okay? And you know what? We're not robots. We don't have set text and say, okay, that is the wrong input, and therefore the output goes like this. That's not how we work. We're humans. We have intuition. We have emotions. And we say, like, people will sense when... Others are being genuine. Asking things out of genuine love, we all know that. And so so in, in the space of the Globe Church, we, we want to have freedom to be able to ask those questions. If you're making mistakes, again, someone, someone raised this, is a great point. If you're making mistakes, that's probably a good sign. It means that not if you keep repeating mistakes, that's a bad thing. <laughs> but if you're making mistakes, that means you're rubbing shoulders and you're, you're pushing against these issues and you're trying to figure a way by asking the right sorts of questions. Um, yeah, so those are a couple of things just to, that might help us think about this. One, again, chat in your groups again. Just, there's a lot of stuff coming at you at the moment. Have a bit of moments to, just to digest that. Just chat among, amongst your groups just to figure out, okay, am I, how do we listen well? How do we speak well uh, surrounding these issues? So spend a few minutes doing that in your groups, and we'll bring you back together.
Oh, James. Oh, no, is it me? Yeah. Uh, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Okay, guys, coming together. Sorry. Um, I, I think lots of lots of good stuff is being talked about. Well, I'm assuming it is. Um, and what would be nice to do? Yes, I know we, we can begin to smell the food. I know it's very difficult to. Um, what what we'd like to do is in the final session of the day, we're going to come back together. We're going to spend a bit more time singing and praying. And have a bit of space where people can just share some of the things that God has been saying to you personally. Saying, what are the things God's been challenging you about? What are the things that you think God is challenging us as a church about? So, and that may be some of the things you've been talking about there. So we'll have a set. So be thinking about that. If there's something you'd like to share in that final session, we'd love to hear that so we can hear one another's voices. Um, we've got two more body parts to do, and then, and then we'll sing, and it'll be time for food. Um, and this next one is hands. That is, how do we serve? Um, and this is quite a short one because if you're interested in this one, I just suggest you go to the seminar this afternoon that Jane um, and Esther are doing on hospitality, um, which is all about practically how you can serve, um, which is going to be great. There's going to be three seminars this afternoon, one on hospitality, one on our style of Worship, our style of service, not, not music as much as kind of what we do on a Sunday, and then raising up leaders, um, how we do a better job of raising up, thinking about how we raise up diversity of leaders. Um, but when we think about our hands, when we, when we think of the way that we use our hands, when we think of the way that Jesus used his hands, it's interesting as you go through the Gospels how often his hands are mentioned. Um, he placed his hand on someone, he laid his hand on someone, he broke bread. Jesus' hands were busy serving, doing good. Jesus' hands were kind hands, doing good to all. What we used to sing at school when I was little. And, um, and it's true. And when we think of our hands, what is it that we do with our hands that can be a blessing to others? How often we can harm or do good in the things that we do with our hands, the ways that we serve, the things that we give, the things that we make, the things that we give to others, the generosity we share. And perhaps in the way that we might even, and maybe this is pushing it a little bit too, no, it's not. Um, maybe even in the way that we join hands in prayer, the way that together we pray with one another. And one of the things that I really want us to explore in the worship seminar this afternoon is what would it look like for us to pray in a more diverse way? Um, joining hands in prayer together. But let's think about it. Let's be praying about um, our hands, that we would use our hands to bless, to do good, to do kindness. But why don't we finish off with feet? Yeah. Um, so hands and feet. So you might remember early on in Mark, Mark chapter 1, Jesus is kind of traveling around. He goes to help out Simon Peter's mother-in-law, who's sick. So he goes and stays there. He heals her, stays there, and loads of people come to see him. Uh, and this is what he says. Uh, they say, eh, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. And it's about preaching the gospel, sure, but it's just that principle that he has of, um, I don't want to sit here in comfort in my mate Peter's house having this nice food and all these people coming to me, I, I want to go. 
Um, and it's just made me think of that principle of just get on your feet and go towards that, that person, those people. Um, and it, it works in all sorts of ways, I realized, in, in church. Uh, you know, we've been, we've, we keep trying to say diversity is not just about ethnicity, and it really isn't. Um, in my previous, at college, I was doing some diversity rep stuff. It was quite fascinating listening to the stories, picking up what John said earlier, of people from different class backgrounds, different um, education backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, whatnot. To hear their experience of being on the outside is very similar. There are lots of commonalities in how they feel their experience on the outside. And that's why we're focusing on something that just helps us launch into, into other ways we can be more diverse. And that's why within church, it's not just to look for people who look different to us in terms of their skin color, but it's also to think generationally. Are those people, you know, students will hang out together, moms and babies will hang out together. Do we move, how do we move beyond those groups too in diversity? It works in all sorts of different ways. And it's to notice that and say, okay, at times I want to be hanging out with people I'm comfortable with, but then can I today, just every Sunday, just one person, can I go? Go and, and love them, see them, listen to them, show interest in them, speak to them out of love. Uh, that is a big thing. And it's, it's amazing how, how much feet can make a big difference. Your action, your, your movement towards that person. Or when they're mourning and lamenting, to know that a brother or sister comes towards them, sometimes not even having to say words. Just as Jonti sat there not saying anything to them, just listening and saying, I'm, I'm here with you. It's that move. And how the flip side can be quite devastating. Do you remember when, um, when Peter's there in, in Galatians chapter 2? Now, this is a, a religious issue, but I think religion is very much tied up in culture. And so Peter's there eating with the Gentiles and the Jews, and then this Jewish crowd comes, and what does Peter do? He moves away, he withdraws. And it makes a huge statement that even Barnabas, this solid guy that we've seen throughout Acts, also moves away. And what does Paul come and do? He's like, mate, what are you doing? Our feet make a big difference in the way we move towards and away from one another. It says a lot about where we stand. And so I just want to encourage us to be people who move constantly towards those who are different to us. I think it's a really important thing to do. Um, I think we're running out of time, so we, we probably will have to wrap it up there. But there's lots to chew on. Uh, keep chatting about it over lunch with, with others. Uh, come and find me or Jonti, and we can keep talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, in the seminars, you can pick up some more, more stuff there as well. Uh, keep using the pigeonhole. Keep dropping stuff in there, which is really great. Uh, but I encourage you yeah, just to keep thinking about these things, praying these things through, chatting them together as a church. Um, and hopefully together we can grow yeah, as a whole body of, of Jesus together in these topics. Great, shall I lead this in prayer? Let's pray together. Just as we sit in and respond to what we've been thinking about, I'm going to go through each of those five things um, that we've been talking about and encourage you now to pray that God would be at work. Father, we offer our hearts to you. We ask that you would soften our hearts. Give us hearts of compassion Hearts of compassion for those who are different to us. Father, please would you move us with the compassion of Jesus. We pray for eyes. Lord, please would you take our eyes and help us to see, to see people, to see the things that matter to them, to see things in, from their perspective, to, to see what's going on, to be observant, not to be so, so blind and wrapped up in ourselves, but to see what other people are experiencing. Take our ears, 
Lord, please would it be a church that listens, that loves to listen to one another. Father, we ask that you would um, take our hands. Lord, please would our hands move at the impulse of your love. Please would our hands be an extension of, of the hands of Jesus to one another. Please would our hands bless one another. Please would the things that we make and the ways that we serve and the things that we do, please would we be a blessing and we pray for our feet. Oh, Father, please don't let us have feet that step back from one another. Don't let us have feet that step away or, or just stay where it's comfortable. Let us have feet that go, that cross boundaries, that move. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be like Christ to one another. In his name we pray. Amen.